Okay, my friends, it's been a few weeks, but as I promised, I'm going to share a summary episode for this season on art and the urge for transcendence. To be quite honest, my head is already in the conversations we've recorded for this next season on the podcast, which I haven't announced yet as far as what the theme is going to be, unless you're part of our Patreon crew. And then you've already heard me talking about it quite a bit. But for today's episode, I wanted to share a summary of some of my thoughts on art and the urge for transcendence to kind of bring some closure to this season, this journey that we've taken together. And you've probably already moved on. If you're like me, we've been summering pretty hard over here in North Carolina. But nonetheless, I wanted to write a closure episode to Art and the Urge for Transcendence. So here we go, let's dive in. History tells us that from the beginning, humanity's religious impulse has been expressed through art. Whether it comes through the forms of sculpted gods and goddesses or cave paintings depicting a community's shared mythology, Art has long been a vehicle of transcendence. And it's only in our modern rationalistic era when the notion of exiling sincere religious expression from art was even considered. And I'm sure if you've been following the podcast for any length of time, then you know by now that I don't think this is possible without doing violence to the nature of art or the religious impulse that is resident within humanity. Art and faith, in my view, are two wings of the same bird. And this is not due to the artist's own faith or lack of faith. No, art prophesies even apart from the intent of the artist. Art by its own nature expresses the religious impulse and shares aims with our most devoted practices. Because art makes manifest the invisible. Art clothes concepts and moods and emotions and experiences with material form. And so in this way, art is incarnational. In a way, you could say in a much lesser form that art is word made flesh. Art moves beyond the world of the pragmatic. And in most cases, it holds no practical value. I mean, you don't use art the way you use a shovel or a key. Unless, of course, you're Marcel Duchamp. But that's a different podcast. Art exists in the realm of the aesthetic and the symbolic, as does faith and religious ritual. In the generations who went before us, they had no problem with the overlap of art and faith. The shared impulses of art and faith served to enhance and advance one another. But in our modern day, the breakdown of trust in institutionalized religion, the rise of a scientific interpretation of the cosmos, seems to disdain and stigmatize any artwork expressing a sincere devotion or positive religious exploration. This is all the more why I felt it was important to devote a season on the podcast exploring why and how art facilitates our urge for transcendence. 
Because without recognizing the ecstatic or the transcendent within and behind our urge to make art, then art becomes endangered by propaganda. Art becomes subject to the whims of political ideology or commercialized interests. And one of the dangers with this exclusion of faith from art, and I don't mean art within religious circles where faith is assumed, but I mean the art in the general public. The danger is that art is where humanity's spiritual drives find expression. And as I mentioned, art is where the realm of the intangible can be clothed in metaphors and symbols and images and rituals in such a way that we can more easily grasp complex ideas, give voice to emotions, or explore spiritual sensibilities. Now, of course, this doesn't imply that art must be subservient to a religious agenda any more than I've warned of it being commandeered by a political agenda. Nor am I saying that our art cannot express political views or make social commentary without defaulting to become propaganda or that somehow commercial use of art is a lesser form of art. But what I am saying is that if we deny or exclude the spiritual value of the artistic drive, then we deprive our spirit and even lose touch with the deeper parts of our own humanity. We forfeit participation in art's ability to lift the spirit, engage the unknown, and impart vision. Modernism has not removed the need for wonder and reverence, even if our traditional religious systems have in some ways failed to meet the needs of our deeper yearnings. In fact, it could be argued that the rise of rationalism, coupled with the deconstruction of institutional religion, has only aggravated our need for experiencing transcendence and left us wondering where else to turn in order to meet this need. But if those of us who consider ourselves devoted artists of faith, if we do not all the more recognize and nurture art's role in ministering to this part of our humanity, we're forced to seek it out in lesser pleasures, in false transcendence and material comforts. The end result is only further frustration and despair. We live in a time when the artist of faith is called upon to dive deeper into the mysteries of the spirit and to derive new ways of expressing the inexpressible. We live in a time when artists of faith are charged with the task of breathing new life into traditional symbols and of forging new and creative pathways of expressing eternal truths in metaphors, images, sounds, movements, scripts, and performances which the world has yet to encounter. We need both the rootedness of a healthy, life-giving spiritual tradition and the expansiveness of innovation. So I wanna take a moment and discuss this aspect of wonder as it relates to art and the urge for transcendence. And I wanna talk about wonder particularly for the artist of faith because 
as devoted artists or as artists of faith whose work emerges from a deep commitment to the presence of God, I want to charge you that we have the invitation of reintroducing the world to wonder again. We have the honor of showing the world what it means to stand in awe and to experience reverence again. And I fear that all too often, those of us who have called ourselves by the name of Jesus have taken it upon ourselves instead to police the world, to correct and condemn the world, rather than to entice the world into proximity with the beauty of God through the relics of art we bring back from time spent in God's manifest presence. How incredible would it be if the makers and the mystics of this world were those known to be the transcendent ones, drunk with the beauty of divine love and painting the canvas of our world with creative compassion and invitation. Now that is a model of transcendence I can get behind. And I think it's all the more important for those of us who call ourselves by the name of Jesus, that we see ourselves as custodians of wonder, that we see ourselves as conduits for the presence, that we see ourselves as the architects of hope for our generation. Wonder is a beautiful thing. It is the poetry of God. With or without a direct mention, wonder emanates the fragrance of God's nature. Wonder leads us to transcendence and wonder is what we bring back with us from those exalted encounters. Wonder and awe, like their sister creativity, is where even the non-believer can connect with the religious impulse or the presence of God. So it's very much an important part of building bridges. Transcendence is not aloofness or being tucked away in an isolated religious context. No, transcendence is where we go to fill our creative selves and bring back life as our offering to the world. People can access something of God through encounters with wonder, even if they're not ready or willing to approach the presence of God directly, or even if they are not willing or ready to acknowledge that wonder is the offspring of God. So, Offering wonder through our art as an overflow of our own devotion or of our own spiritual devotion is vital. And in saying this, I realize that some who oppose any notion of God also recognize the power of wonder and may seek to extract wonder from a spiritual context, manipulating and ministering to that part of us while divorcing it from the source of wonder, which is God's presence. So on one hand, it's important for artists of faith to find and feel the freedom to offer a means of expressing wonder without being compelled to give it a religious name. But at the same time, given our current climate, I think it's also important to offer a more direct connection of wonder to the source of wonder. How we handle this takes wisdom, precision, and sensitivity to what the moment requires. There's no one size fits all with this. We don't want to fall into prescription or generalities, which do more damage than they do help. 
Jesus knew what each individual situation required and he met the individual on the individual plane. Even when he spoke to the masses, he knew who he was speaking to and he spoke a language that multiplied into everyone's language. And this is what I desire, the power of Pentecost to speak one language that multiplies into many. See, I believe my friends that we can all become fire. We can all come dressed for the occasion. So as we prepare to go into our next season of conversations, which I'll be announcing very soon, I want to charge you to go deep into the presence of God. Go deep into the desert of your own heart. Go deep and go high, way beyond the facets of our material world, and be absorbed into that loving presence that always receives, always encourages, and always smiles ever so mischievously and create your art from that transcendent place and then bring it back to the rest of us. Because as I've said so many times before, the world needs your art, my friends. The world needs your transcendent art. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again very soon with the beginning of season 12.